Bonanian. I still think fixing cars has to include a modicum of common sense, and I think that's really the important part. Broke down on the side of the road, damn brakes locked up in the rain. Smoke's pouring out from under my hood, stuck on the highway again. Too young to quit, too old to change. Car doctor. When I was a kid growing up in the gas station, Billy always said, you know, the rules are it's got to have good tires, decent brakes, and decent suspension. But don't try and restore a seven, eight year old car to factory level. Welcome to the radio home of Ron and Anian, the car doctor. Since 1991, this is where car owners the world over turn to for their definitive opinion on automotive repair. If your mechanic's giving you a busy signal, pick up the phone and call in. The garage doors are open. But I am here to take your calls at 855-560-9900. And now, here's Ronnie. Hey, it's time to start your engines. Hello and welcome. Ron and Amy and the Car Doctor here at 855-560-9900. We are manned by the board today at the inimitable, often imitated, never duplicated, not a phony, the real story, Thomas Ray III. Um, is that not correct? I see. Uh, we started out with Tony. Uh, Tony, Tony yeah. kind of passed out. He's in the green room there, he, taking a nap. You put him to sleep. Yeah, just, just <laughs> either that or the the sort of, the poor guy showed up. He got off the train. He was like, oh, yeah. he couldn't even talk. So uh, yeah, you yeah, know, it's uh, it's allergy season and yeah. everything else, and it's un- it's unbelievable lately. Well, you know that's but you see that's 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 car doctor mentality. You got to keep going until you drop. And that's, you know, that's just the way it always is. It's you, Listen, I've said that for years. A good mechanic, and, you know, he doesn't feel good. He goes to work, a shot of brake clean, a little throttle body down the throat. That'll get you up and going. Just remember, you dropped during the show. I ain't giving you mouth to mouth. Well, I, believe me, that's the incentive for me not to drop during the show um, for the fear of that. So, but anyway, this is the real deal. This is uh, this is the real story. We're not a bunch of phonies, no baloney. We're here to fix your car. That's what this radio show does. Uh, at eight five 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 six zero nine nine zero zero. I've been working on cars uh, in nineteen seventy eight. Um, the last thing or the first thing I worked on, I think, was Moses's chariot. And uh, um, you know, here we are, Ben Hur. You know, it's uh, you know, we're just here to fix your car. That's all this show is about. More information at CarDoctorShow dot com. Obviously, there's a Facebook page. Who doesn't have a Facebook page? Okay, I get it. Some people don't. To tell you the truth, I wouldn't have a Facebook page. I've limited my personal Facebook page because it's getting way too, it's it's insane the amount of things that are there. But the car doctor has a Facebook page, and we try to talk things strictly mechanical and uh, humorous to a degree. And uh, Tom's got a real good picture, cute picture today about uh, Fred Flintstone. I like that. Um, that was up there today, but uh, you can go out to that and more information, like I said before, cardoctorshow.com, as well as podcasting and uh, Spreaker and using DoublePod and anything on your Android device. Just click subscribe, favorites, like, follow, whatever the case might be, and uh, help drive the numbers. That's what we appreciate more than anything else as well, you just being there. Um, I'm not going to make a big, long, boring speech because I already put Tony to sleep. Let's uh, let's go over and talk to Ken in Rockport, Missouri. 89 Chevy Astro van, and uh, see what's going on here. Ken, thanks for waiting. I know it's been uh, it's been a bit. Uh, what can I do for you, sir? What's going on here? Oh, oh, not a problem, Ron. Thanks a lot. Uh, well, I got this 89 Escort. I've had it for several years. It set for a long time, and I had to fit a fuel pump in it and fuel filter and stuff. And uh, right. I don't drive that much because I got plenty of plenty of vehicles. But uh, it sits in the garage for about a month or five weeks, and they don't want to start till you prime it. 
But if you use it all the time, it'll start every time. Now, is, is this an Escort? Did I hear you say Escort, or is this, a, or is this an Astro van? Yeah, yeah, Escort GL, a little, uh, oh, yeah. okay, mm-hmm. so it's a, it's a Ford Escort. So it's, it's, got, yeah, right. it's mm-hmm. got a long crank time, right? Uh, yeah, you can hear the smoke pump, uh, pump up and shut off. I changed them sensors, but uh, I think I got some out of the junkyard, you know. To change the timing sensors, you know, under the dash there, you know. Well, when when to shut your fuel limit switch off, you know, I think that's what they are. When when you say it's got a, you know, a long crank, it's it's it needs to be primed. If you don't prime this, it won't start. No, not if it sets five or six weeks. But otherwise, from about month on back to the day, it'll start. Okay. Um, what makes I you change think- that diaphragm? And the auto body, and man, that spring in there—that's one stout spring on that diaphragm. Yeah. <laughs> let me, let me, let me ask you this: um, Have you checked fuel pressure? Well, I haven't since uh, since I put the pump in. I put a Delphi in it, you know. Right. Mm-hmm. Was the inside of the tank clean? Yeah, I sure was. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. And and I'm sure you and, did. Uh, I'm sure you did a fuel filter. Yeah, I sure did. Yeah, they got them big filters on them, you know. But I might change that again. I don't know. Well, before you do that, all right, before you do that and spend any more money, maybe unnecessarily, let's check yeah, fuel. Right. Let's check. Let's check fuel pressure. All right. Yeah, okay. Let's let's just you I know. Have like 13, right, and if you don't, if for, if for, you know, you turn that key to the on position, that that mm-hmm. thing's got to have instant fuel pressure and. It's got a hold. Turn it on. Yeah, fuel, right. fuel pressure yeah. will come up. Thirteen psi, fourteen psi. Turn the key off. It's got a hold. Residual pressure. It, yeah. it does. Mm-hmm. All right. You know the the, it the does hold. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, no, you didn't check fuel pressure yet. You said. No, I haven't. But, okay. Uh, but it does have to. It, right. It has to hold. And, uh, right. It has. See to. where I'm at. I don't know what would I do about that because I, I put that fuel pump and it's well, supposed to be you know what new means don't you <laughs> i'll put two of them in there to tell you the truth <laughs> so wait a minute so can yeah. i can, can i yell at you for a minute all right if if, yeah, we, if, if, if we were sitting on if we were sitting at a, at a, at a, at a, on a bar stool having a couple of adult beverages and you told me this story <laughs> yeah. that I, sounds good <laughs> I, I, i'd have to i'd have to ask you why would you go uh-huh. through the labor and pain of doing two fuel pumps Without doing fuel pressure. Well, uh, I don't know. Uh, I don't know what happened there. The reason I done that, I don't know. Yeah, I know where you're at. <laughs> what do you do? What do you do for a living, Ken? Well, I'm retired right now, but I've I've been into anything from weed eaters on up to diesels, you know, all my life. <laughs> all right. And I mean, you know, whatever you did for a living during your career, if something didn't work, did you just throw a part at it, or did you diagnose it? Uh. No, uh, not really. Uh, I pretty well. I'm pretty well analyzed stuff on my own, you know, on, right. on older stuff, you know. Don't yeah. let, don't mm-hmm. don't don't let the computer scare you. All right, you know it's it's. <laughs> listen, my cell phone's acting up. All right, my my oh, yeah. pers- my yeah. pers- my personal cell phone's acting up. You'll be sitting there, and then out of the blue. It'll start taking yeah. pictures, start bringing up programs, start signing into things, start opening up email. It just goes nuts. I yank oh, I, the, I, I take it out of the protective case. I, I take right. out the battery, and 
all of a sudden, oh, yeah. all of a sudden, the phone's fine for a while. This I'm week, I finally figured out, well, <laughs> well, this week, I finally figured out, I said, I wonder if it's the phone case. I took the phone out of the case. You know, it's just, yeah. it had an outer box case. I took it out of the case. The uh -huh. phone's been fine for a couple of days now. Everything needs a diagnosis. Oh, really? Yeah. It's the, I, I, I thought about it. I, I said, hey, is the screen of the outer box just touching the, touching the outer screen of the phone? Is that somehow bringing things up? Remember what uh, new stands for. Up. New yeah. means never, ever worked. And I know. It's a, I got another uh, issue there uh, about this guy calling about that oil pump. You know, he couldn't get oil pressure. Right. I, uh, I, over, I redone a 350 Chevy. My daughter needed one, but I bought one and uh, had it on the stand. I was turning it over and over, you know, to get everything changed over. You know, I know it didn't have any oil in the pickup tube or nothing. And... Uh, I put, got it all ready and put it in. I filled all filled her up with oil and put it on. Started it up, no oil pressure. Started it up again, no oil pressure. I said, something wrong because I took the pan off because I didn't have the pan off. had everything else off. Everything looked fine in there. Put the pan back on. Unscrewed my oil filter because I had it full of oil. Got oil pressure coming out the adapter. Put the oil filter back on, had oil pressure. Sometimes it works like that. It's sometimes like an airlock or something, you know. Yeah. It's kind of crazy. Why an oil pump it wouldn't pick it up, you know. Yeah. But sometimes it works. It like wouldn't know I took the oil filter off. So, so let me get. I this. didn't know if he had that problem or not, but no, I don't if think he, he does. Did. If he checks, <laughs> if he checks it that way, and it does pump all, you better have somebody there to holler and you shut it off. Cause yeah. Oh yeah, don't have a mess. <laughs> it, 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 it it goes quick. So so let me leave, <laughs> let me let me leave it here. So wait a minute. So yeah, okay. you, 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 you you diagnosed the oil pump problem by turn, taking yeah. the filter running off. You thought about it. Check check uh -huh. fuel pressure. Where's fuel pressure on yeah, this right. car? All right. Uh -huh. uh, you turn yeah. that key on. I I've got a feeling you're going to find this car's got a got some sort of a fuel pressure issue, or a volume issue, or a, re, a residual pressure issue. Something. There's going to be a fuel pressure or a fuel pump problem here. And if not, let's eliminate it and test it. And then we can talk from there. All right? You know, is, is that a deal? Why, why does it Why does it start all the time? Like, you know, you let it set two or three weeks, but you let it set six weeks or longer, and it won't start. You'll know that when you find out if you got fuel pressure or not. You've got to. You've got to. You've got to figure out what it's missing. All right? Maybe. Uh, yeah. Okay. You know, it's, yeah, it's maybe a little extra energy after it's running. Gives a little more fuel pressure, you know. Well, that, that could be. I don't know. You know, yeah. you 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 don't know until you know what it's missing. I can't tell you. Yeah. I can't tell you the what ifs until we fill in the blanks. And if it has good fuel pressure, and if, thirteen pounds. Well, if it has good fuel pressure and it has good volume and it has good residual and the color of the fuel is good, and all those things pass and it's not fuel, then we'll talk about yeah. spark. What's it missing? Yeah, okay. It's yeah, it's, it's it's, it's yeah, missing runs, something. Runs Runs like a new one when it runs. You know? Right, right. It's it's missing <laughs> okay, something, bro. I appreciate it. So yeah. you're welcome. You give me a call. You let me know what happens, Ken. I'm curious. You take good care. 855-560-9900. The car doctor's coming back right after this. When the family car needs some fixing, there's only two things that really matter. Getting the right part and getting some good advice. It's a pretty safe bet that with over a million parts in stock, Pep Boys has the right part right now. The Pep Boys pros are extensively trained to find the right part for just about any car or truck. Better yet, these pros can also handle the entire installation or service needed. It's always good to have options and know the Pep Boys pros have it covered either way. It's the little old lady. 
Pasadena. He drives that way, but when it comes to fixing cars, Ron has car advice done right. 855-560-9900. Here's Ron. You know, it's it's funny, right? You you read a letter on air, and we were talking just a little bit ago with Dr. Richard McCann from England. So I guess we're on in England today, Tom, because I got a follow-up letter. Hey, Ron, thanks for reading my letter today. You know, you can't get you got to get used to this global thing, right? We're always on everywhere. It's the internet, right? It's feeding the show. Your comments set me thinking, as always. One of the many interesting things you said was, "Will self-driving car be able to see hazards as fast as an experienced driver?" I've had some experience of this. Dr. McCann writes, in the UK, new drivers take a government-approved hazardous awareness test on a driving simulator controlled, of course, by software similar to that of a self-driving car. So I had to go. I'm the same age as you, so we know about driving safely in lots of situations for a long time. I'm also police trained and a member of the Institute of Advanced Motorists, so the test should have been a breeze, right? He says, I failed. So Dr. McCann, being the inquisitive type, he looked into what went wrong. And he writes, and here's your point. When I saw, for instance, a woman with a child on the path, and he means sidewalk. I love how they talk in England. You know, we're, we're a common people separated. We're, we're, we're different people separated by a common language. Is that how that saying goes? Beside the road, I clicked a hazard because, as we know, it's best to cover the brake in case that kid makes a sudden move into the road. Here's the thing. The software says it's only a hazard when the kid is in the road. My point in yours, I believe, is that by that stage, it's too late, which it is. You know, what's the reaction time? Driving down the thruway last night, when I, was, when I was looking down the thruway, 12 car lanes back, when that Mini Cooper ducked behind the 18-wheeler in front of the other two cars in the fast lane, if that 18-wheeler had tapped the brakes, the Mini Cooper would have gone under the 18-wheeler, the other two cars would have plowed into that, and me, 12 car lanes back, would have had the accident, and that would have been a problem. Dr. McCann, again, it's that grade of hazard perception. If that's the grade of hazard perception software available, then the accidents that you and I avoid on a daily basis will become collisions for autonomous vehicles. As always, keep up the good work, stay safe, and stay healthy, Ron. Yours, Richard. Um, I, I think it's a problem. I think that they've got to do something better to alleviate the potential, the what-if scenario. They've got to work a little bit harder on the what-if scenario. Otherwise, it's... Uh, Self-driving cars are going to be a problem. Quick email from Sarah out in Pennsylvania. Ron, I want to give you an update on the status of the Avengers inspection. I should, I should point out, Sarah, um, she's been on the show. She actually drives eight hours from Pennsylvania to the shop. We do work on her car. Um, she had taken her car to a Ford dealer. It was a, um, a, a Dodge Avenger. She had taken her car to a Ford dealer, and they told her for state inspection she needed to have shocks and struts replaced. I assured her that with the last time we looked at it, one strut was seeping a little bit, but wasn't anything terrible. And um, I just couldn't see why we have to go through the expense of, you know, four shocks, two shocks, two struts on an older vehicle. I think this is a, a 2012. It's a six going on seven years old. I want to give you an update. She took it. I took it to a different garage. that A lot of people seem to trust around here, but they don't have a Ron and Indian. Thank you, Sarah. Ernie, we've been close to your experience, skills, and honesty on staff, but that's why I drive eight hours. Okay. I handed over the keys, sat on their couch with a good view to the empty lift and that my car would go on, crossed my fingers, and held my breath. They drove the Avenger onto the lift put her up in the air, and two guys did the job of looking at everything closely. I watched them look at everything that was required for Pennsylvania inspection, including the suspension. Uh, this girl did her homework. Of course you would, Sarah. I would expect nothing less. I couldn't take it to the closest Dodge dealers because they are crooks and liars. No diagnosis, just a parse replacer. The Dodge dealer is the same one that we spoke about when I called into your show about my airbag headrest, and then you did a follow-up on your show after you had diagnosed my car like they should have. 
Guess what? After they were done, these guys said, one guy stuck his head in the office and said, this one passes. They put a sticker on it, and I drove away thinking, what, I have to pay twice to have this done? Thank you, Sarah from Goitus Capital. Um, the problem is that you shouldn't have to pay twice to have that done. And I, I wonder if there's a way to file a complaint with Pennsylvania, there's got to be a Pennsylvania consumer uh, board or something at the state level to say, hey, how come these guys said I did and these guys said I didn't? You know, where's the where's the potential for fraud? And, you know, the issue becomes that there's too much, there, there, there's too many problems, the potential for problems with mechanics, such as, like, there's too many potential for problems with lawyers, doctors, plumbers. It's, you got to go where you trust and hopefully... The crooks get driven out of business because they're not busy, but I'm glad that worked out for you, Sarah. Real quick, let's go over to talk to Lester um, with an AC problem from Connecticut. Lester, some comments and questions. Um, yes, sir. Welcome aboard. Real quick. Uh, last week you had somebody on from Florida who had an air conditioning issue. He said he stepped on the gas. and Right, with the Ranger. And the, right. And the air, conditioner disa the air conditioning disappeared. Correct. And... Um, I was thinking that that may be a uh, vacuum door problem in the air conditioner, that the vacuum uh, drops off when you step on a gas, and then it comes back up as you uh, increase speed. I guess it could be, but his description that I recall was that the the air was there, but it was hot. It just started blowing warm air. It's not that the, I don't think he said the air disappeared, but you raise a valid point. You raise a very valid point. I think his description, and I thought he said he heard the compressor click off and not click back on. Oh, okay. I didn't All right? hear that. But that, you know, hey, listen, maybe, you know what? Uh, I. We all communicate at different levels and at different, different speeds. Um, you know, ask anybody that's been married more than 20 minutes, right? Um, you know, say something to your wife and see what she says back to you and see, you know, well, I didn't say that. Well, she did. Um, same thing happens with diagnosing cars. You have to listen very carefully. And I'm not even, I'm not perfect by any stretch of the imagination, Lester. You raised some good points. Um, let's see if he calls back in. I, I had asked him to. I know he was going to do some an, tests I've this weekend. I've another quick one for you. Yeah, real quick. Um, uh, 04 Sienna, uh, knock sensor uh, code. Right, P0325 or 330. Yes, um, and the guy tells me at the garage that, uh, and I these guys are good, but you got to take the the uh, whole top of the engine off. Yep, um, because it's it's underneath the, the belly of the uh, intake. Got the knock sensor. Uh, he says he probably should replace both of them, and there's some uh, nuts down there from maybe from the squirrels. So yep. maybe uh, change the harness too. Yeah, what they what's probably happened is the squirrels go under the intake. It's warm. And they've chewed up the wiring harness. And, yeah, I agree because it's too costly in terms of labor. Just do the whole thing, get it done, and get it over with. Coming up next, we're going to talk to Walker Products about diesel gas sensors, diesel sensors. We'll be back right after this. Hey, Ron and Amy and the Car Doctor, welcome back. You know, a lot of talk in the news lately about emissions controls, emissions problems with diesels. And we talk about diesels a lot here on The Car Doctor, and we're trying to express the point that, you know, diesels are cars and trucks too. And they're power plants for vehicles, and they've got to be taken from that perspective. And emissions is as important part for them as it is for a gas engine. 
And we thought it would be interesting to talk to an industry expert. We've reached out to the folks at Walker Products because we want to make the point about emissions and how important it is for a diesel to meet emissions. And it's not necessarily manufacturers, you know, making software changes that affect emissions. Sometimes it's the components themselves on those vehicles that can uh, it can go bad, or sometimes the replacement parts are, are, are an issue, too. And we've, uh, we've reached out. We're talking to Nick Rennick. He is from Walker Products, and we're glad to have him here on The Car Doctor today. Nick, welcome aboard. Hey, thanks for having me. Um, y- you look at diesels, and, you know, everybody thinks diesels, oh, big truck, you know, 18-wheeler, um, you know, simple animal. But that's not the case today, right? Diesels are a complicated, uh, as complicated as gas engines, right? Absolutely. There's many complex systems uh, regarding their after-treatment for exhaust systems. You know, probably the one that stands out in my mind, the one I see the most issues with in the shop, is is the exhaust gas temper, the EGT sensor. Um, Is is engine temperature that, you know, accuracy that important? What's the issue there? Oh, absolutely. You know, the primary role of an EGT sensor is to read the temperature of the exhaust, as it says in the name, um, but it's going to send that information back to the ECU. The ECU is going to use all that information, and it's going to help to control the exhaust after treatment system and tell it what it needs to be doing and the function of which it needs to be performing. You know, EGT seems to affect so many or so much of, of, of a diesel. I guess if there was one central component that really, you know, you want to pay attention to, as, as a diesel vehicle owner, it, it is the exhaust gas temp sensor. Um, can you talk a little bit about the different vehicle processes, you know, the components, the areas that are affected by EGT? And then, you know, if, if an EGT goes bad, you know, what happens then? Because that leads to bigger issues, right? Absolutely. So some of the primary systems which are affected by the EGT sensors would be the diesel particulate filter or the selective catalyst reduction system. You know, those are all components of the exhaust after treatment. Um, that we're all becoming too familiar with these days. Um, but some of the potential consequences could be severe. Uh, they include anything from clogged diesel particulate filter or DPF, uh, improper regeneration of that DPF, possible overfueling, increased temperatures, uh, which can lead to exhaust component failure or internal engine component failures. Uh, you get that annoying check engine light that we all know too familiar. And then it can also cause an idle-only state or more commonly known uh, as limp mode. A diesel particulate filter, Nick, uh, sort of like a catalytic converter for diesels, right, to put it in, in, in simpler terms for folks? Yeah, basically. If you want to kind of simplify it, basically like catalytic converter. Um, now, diesels will also have a DOC or diesel oxidation catalyst, but yeah, the DPF similar to uh, your standard catalytic converter. Just a little bit more money, though, to replace it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I've I've heard I've heard stories that you know it's it's like a phone number, uh, the, the the price tag on some of those. So um, you know, how long have EGTs been around? I mean, they've they've been around a while, and then they've also changed through the years as technology has gotten better, right? Yeah, you know, these have been around for several years now, uh, and we've seen several different generations of EGT sensors. Um, this can include different body styles, uh, the resistance types, and temperature ratings. Um, this is why it's really imperative that the consumer replace their EGT with the correct OEM-style sensor, um, all of which we have available here at Walker Products. Well, and let's let's go there for a second. So, you know, there are issues in the aftermarket for gas engines. You buy the the white box part, unknown quality, where it's made, um, offshore, we'll leave it there. Um, you're one of the few, um, if not the only one, that's that's making diesel componentry right here in the U.S., correct? 
Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Walker uses all 100% OEM base sensors, which are terminated right here in the U.S. at our Pacific, Missouri location. Uh, we offer an OEM product for an aftermarket price. Um, you know, where do you see, before we talk installation, just real quick, where do you see the next generation of EGTs going? Any, any insight in what the future brings? Uh, you know, I wish I did, but unfortunately I don't. We're, uh, we're pretty well just following the OEMs. Uh, like pretty much everyone else in the aftermarket. But it's safe to say that we are on top of it, and we'll follow them everywhere that they go. Yeah, because you guys, you guys are the top of the field. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about installation then. Y you know, it's, it's, if somebody gets a fault code for an EGT or they think the EGT needs to be replaced, is it a, is it a DIY thing or is it a professional or is it a, you know, a mixture of both? Yeah, so this is absolutely something a skilled DIY uh, customer would be able to replace on their own. Um, we're trying to reach out to the DIY network and let customers know that uh, these sensors are available in the aftermarket and they don't have to go to the dealer to get these. Anyone who is capable of replacing an oxygen sensor is more than capable of replacing an EGT sensor. And, and, and the takeaway here is that, for example, as you said, a Walker product exhaust gas temp sensor is, OE, is an OEM-level quality sensor or an OEM sensor at, at an aftermarket price. It's, it's, it's less expensive than the dealer. Absolutely. Um, where can the listeners go get more information, Nick? So listeners can check us out at our website, walkerproductswithans.com. Uh, we also have a YouTube channel where we have our product videos. Uh, there they can see a couple different product videos which focus um, on sensor installation as well as uh, sensor information. Um, we have one there specifically on EGTs. Uh, they can also check us out on our Facebook page. Cool beans. Hey, Nick, listen, we appreciate you taking time. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's nice to see a company manufacturing right here in the U.S. You guys are doing a heck of a job, and we appreciate it. Thank you very much. Hey, thank you guys very much. You're very welcome. I'm Ron Annie and the Car Doctor, and we're back right after this. When the family car needs some fixing, there's only two things that really matter, getting the right part and getting some good advice. It's a pretty safe bet that with over a million parts in stock, Pep Boys has the right part right now. The Pep Boys pros are extensively trained to find the right part for just about any car or truck. Better yet, these pros can also handle the entire installation or service needed. It's always good to have options and know the Pep Boys pros have it covered either way. Little GTO, you really look at Need advice on how to maintain that classic GTO? Ron is the guy. 855-560-9900. Here's Ron. See, you know how I know the older cars were so cool? Because next week, nobody's writing a song going, Kia, my Kia, Kia. Nobody cares. Well, you know, I thought you were going to say they were cool because you drove most of them. Well, I'll tell you what, I didn't drive enough of them. So the, the hard part is, before we go back to the phones, the hardest part is the cars we threw away that we thought nothing of. Nothing of. 65, 65 SS Chevelle, original big block car, 396, 396, 375 horse motor. Um, I don't remember the horsepower rating, but it was a rare option car. It had the, it had the um, console shifter, the tack built into the console, the gauges in the console, all rear, rear stuff. And eh, it's a primer gray Chevelle. Let's just get rid of it. What are we going to do with it, right? You know, 32 Ford, five window and primer, plywood floor. Oh, it needs too much work. Let's just get rid of it. You know, we were kids. We didn't. 
you know, I can't tell you. I had more 55 Chevys before I had my license than I've had since I've had my license. Because they were just, people kept giving me 55 Chevys. Oh, Ron must need one of these. Ron must need one of these. And, you know, it's just. That's actually quite funny. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, I had a red one. I had a blue one. I had a black primer one. I had a gray primer one. I, I think I had close to seven or eight. And then I finally got black two, black one. And I've got black two. So I guess this is black eight. Um, but, yeah, it's. Anyway, let's go to the phones. Let's go talk to John. Sparta, Wisconsin, 76 olds. Uh, we, we talked about this car a couple of weeks ago, didn't we, John? Yes, sir, and I got to tell you, you're you're a man of great value of wealth. I I, re, I replaced it has that seventy six four fifty five cubic inch with the four barrel, and uh, I replaced the coil in the cap and a, and a pickup coil, and it's been over hundred degrees uh, three or four days, and you know what? That it starts. It cool. starts. Cool. Man, you are you are a genius for, well, for just, what you gave me. I just I just How remember, you remember all that. I don't know. How do you, dude? I really don't know. I you know what? But you know, I can I can almost remember lunch yesterday. I can almost remember lunch today. Um, but I don't know. The cars just make sense to me. I just remember it. Listen, you got to see it. It's it's kind of like a it, it, it's it's a true story, but it happens all the time. If I see you in the supermarket, I could have seen you yesterday. I probably won't remember who you are. But if okay. you pass me in front of the supermarket in your car, I'll go, look, okay. it's, it's John with the 76 old. We just did a pickup coil and a cap and a rotor on the car three weeks ago. Or, um, yep. You know, it's just, it just, it just, it just how my mind clicks it. I, I, you know. Let me ask you this. Where'd you, where, what kind of parts did you get? Where'd you get parts from for it? Uh, I got it from O'Reilly's and then Borg Warner. Okay. But the guy didn't guarantee me that they weren't made in China. That's right. all he told me. Yeah. Um, but you know, and unfortunately, that's just the way it is today. It's it's the older stuff yeah. is getting harder and harder to get. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, that's why I'll tell you what. Thank God for eBay. You start looking on eBay for dealer closeout specials and guys that you know closed out dealers from twenty years ago, and they still got mm-hmm. some Delco made in USA stuff kicking around. You know, that's the good stuff. That's that's the last well, of the good manufacturing. Well, the reason I'm, uh, I replay so much, I went to classic car shows, and I've asked, you know, a lot of the people there, and it was in fuel pump and the filters, and the, I mean, it was all that craziness, and, and by golly, you hit it right on the nail. Yeah. I'm proud of you. I'm so, oh, thank you, sir. <laughs> and right. thank you. And, all right? and you know what? That's the stuff I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to be able to fix your car. It's not that hard. It just takes thought process. Um, but I'm glad I was able to help you, John. I really am. Uh, Thanks again. You're very okay, welcome. Bye. Sir. Enjoy driving it. Um, yeah, I mean that's you know, but that car was simple. That was a basic car. There wasn't. I mean, what could go wrong with that thing? It's it's you know, it's spark or fuel. I mean, yeah, okay, a pickup coil, and I'll never forget. And I don't know if I told this story before, but I'll never forget. We had the next town over, the Wyckoff, uh, the town of Wyckoff, New Jersey, going back into the early '90s. They had just purchased a brand new suburban for the chief for the fire for the chief of the fire department. Right, that's who he was. He was the fire department chief. They took it in and out of Archmas Chevrolet, and they're gone many years now. So I'm not telling tales out of school, but they took it in and out of Archmas Chevrolet because every time the car went into a parade, it would shut off when it got hot and it wouldn't start, and it was very embarrassing to see this brand new fire chief's truck being towed off the parade route. So, must have been like an 88 or 89, and this was 90 or 91. Took it to the dealer. They couldn't duplicate it. They couldn't fix it. They could never catch it in the act. 
So it ended up on my doorstep, and I took out a lab scope. I remember like it was clear as a bell. I said, gee, you know, it's logical that what they're describing to me is I wonder if we're losing spark timing. I wonder if we're losing spark. So I, I, I set up some leads. That was the hardest part about testing the older cars. i got to say that the newer cars just make life so much easier. With You can get a lot out of a scan tool. And we hooked up a lab scope to the pickup coil output signal, drove the car around. Sure enough, before the car even started to die, before it started to falter, you could see the change in the pickup coil signal. The AC voltage signal would start to flatten out, and it lost amplitude, it lost size. And gee whiz, that's bad. And you know, we were able to we put a we put an ignition. Uh, I'm sorry, a, a pickup coil in it. Um, put the car back together, handed it to them two days later, and they just looked at me like, "Really? That's it? Yeah, two hundred forty-eight dollars and thirty-two cents. I think the bill was. I think the pickup coil was thirty bucks. It wasn't all that tough to change. And it was an hour of diagnosis. I mean, it was like two hundred fifty bucks. I is what I remember. I'm like, really? That's it? Nah, it can't be that simple. Yeah, it's. I think it's kind of that simple. Um, two weeks later, the chief of the White Coat Fire Department stopped by to shake my hand and say, geez, I got to thank you. You did with something nobody else could do. It wasn't that big a deal, dude. It's just diagnosis, isn't that? That's what you're supposed to do. Um, so, but, you know, that's that's how I, that's probably how I remember that Oldsmobile. And, uh, you know, you got to look at pickup coils. Pickup coils would fail all the time, and it was the part nobody ever thought of. It was the part nobody ever knew existed. Um, but they're there. 855-560-9900. Ron and Annie and the Car Doctor coming back right after this to wrap it up. Don't go away. Welcome back. Ron and Annie and the Car Doctor as we wind it down this hour. And uh, for next week, 855-560-9900. Keep in mind that is a 24-7 phone number. I'll give it to you again. 855-560-9900. You can call. Leave a message. There's a messaging service attached to that 24-7. And if you leave a message, Tom Ray, our executive producer, chief cook, bottle washer, floor sweeper, and board operator today, um, we'll uh, we'll get back to you and get you in the queue for the next live broadcast. We are live on the network Saturday afternoons, 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern Time here in the continental United States. And um, I say that because we are around the world now with the Internet and podcasting, which we also have. You can get out to cardoctorshow.com, vis-a-vis, switch over to the podcast site or spreaker.com, switch over to the podcast site, click subscribe or follow or like or however you want to show your appreciation for us, and we appreciate that. Um, you know, and uh, you'll take the show on a regular basis. Um, real quick, Mode 6. A lot of you keep asking about Mode 6. I was, I was going through the pile of magazines um, you know, at the shop, and I came across Mode 6 has been around for many years now. This is by Craig Trulia, who's actually Jerry Trulia's son. He writes for Auto Service Professional, and uh, he does a very good job of it. Mode 6 has been around for many years. Technicians have often not made much use of it because they find it confusing and often not informative. Yet there are a school of technicians and instructors who think that Mode 6 is the best thing since sliced bread, and I agree. For our purposes here, we're going to cover how to read Mode 6 in the real world and how it helps us diagnose a vehicle. And then it goes on to talk an article. But here's a pretty good understanding of it. Real world Mode 6. To begin understanding Mode 6, Craig Schulia writes, it helps to know exactly what it is. Mode 6 is the criteria that software engineers use to allow us to see the information that caused the check engine light to illuminate on a specific vehicle. This means that every single vehicle has a different criteria. Think about that for a minute. Okay. It is also worth noting that not every vehicle has it, as it only started finding its way into vehicles beginning in the early to mid-2000s. 
So that means that, let's see, OBD2 has been around since 1996, making it 96, 2006, 2016. It's coming up on 25 years old. And we've got Mode 6 available for the past 15 years, and yet not every technician fully understands OBD2, and not every technician fully utilizes or understands Mode 6. Kind of scary. Um, I was really impressed this week, before I go real quick, a shout-out to Paul, who was at the shop this week having his daughter's car serviced, and he started asking me questions about Mode 6 and scan tools. And um, kind of interesting that a, a guy that's not a mechanic, I think, understands the potential of Mode 6 more so than some of the guys I know that are fixing cars or struggling to fix cars. Good job, Paul. I'm Ron Anany and the Car Doctor, looking up, saying it's time to go. Good mechanics aren't expensive. They're priceless. They're priceless.